are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back. It's 10.47. So the death of a loved one can either make or destroy the family structure. It is so because either the deceased left a valid will or clear instructions are recorded in that will. However, having said that, it's very important that people review and update their wills so that in the event that they pass on, one can actually really fulfill their wishes. But most times, some people die without having left clear instructions and or a will uh, that says what happens when they die. So we decided to invite Lionel Makokotela, who's the founder at uh, Financial Wise Corner, to discuss the pros and cons when it comes to the administration of the estate. And maybe we start there. Good morning, Lionel. We start by asking who even administers the estate once one passes. Uh, good morning uh, to KG and good morning to your, uh, to your listeners. Uh, okay, just to answer your question, the, the person who is actually going to administer an estate is going to be uh, an executor. And the executor has got the right to actually uh, put, uh, pass on their role to an agent. An agent in this case can be either a, a lawyer who is actually specializing in estate administration or it could also be in a bank where then they actually pass on those rights to the agent to actually fulfill the roles of actually managing the estate until it's actually finalized. Yeah, and that process of administering, uh, you know, that that, that the, they have to play, whether it is the lawyer or an executor, is it made easier or harder by the presence of a will or written and clear instructions? It is actually made it easier if the will is valid, uh, valid in a sense that it's quite clear in terms of its instructions pertaining to the assets as well as the liabilities that are actually in the uh, estate. You, what you would also find is that there would also be other people contesting the will, which actually create another dynamic to the fulfillment of that will because some family members might not necessarily like what is actually stated in the will, and as a result, they might want to actually challenge it. In some cases, they might actually challenge it on the basis of legality to simply say that the person, when they actually drafted or signed the will, they were not in a a sound mind to actually do so. An unsound mind would be somebody who's actually ill or somebody who's under uh, the influence of either heavy drugs or medication, and then forced to actually sign a will and only to find that at a later stage that the outcome of it does not necessarily favor some section of the family members. And in that case, they would actually try to challenge it. Then what what we also find is other people who actually sign a will whilst they are beneficiaries and only to find that once the administration process kicks in, they cannot actually uh, benefit from it because they actually knew what was actually happening in the will and the law does not actually al- allow that to actually happen. The other hinder is where... Oh, the law benefit- doesn't allow for, for, you know, for people to know what is in someone's will. No, like it does not allow a beneficiary to oh, sign a-, a will. Oh, okay, okay, got it, yeah. Yes. So the, the other one is where uh, somebody is suspected to have played a role in killing someone so that they can actually benefit. So bloody hands can also not benefit from a will. Okay, so So, uh, go on. So in that case, it actually uh, puts a a different twist to the administration because the process of actually investigating a death 
or a suspicion that a beneficiary actually caused the death sure. actually takes a long time. And you may find that the family is actually agitated because they want to really bring this whole uh, chapter to a close. And even the fact that we need to adhere to the rules and laws of the country, you'd find that it actually hampers the whole process having to go forward. Then the other dynamic is also the institutions that we actually have to liaise with. You may find that they actually have backlogs, the likes of master of the high court. This is where you get your letter of executorship or letter of... Um, what is the called? Execution. Mm, mm, <laughs> yes. And if they they actually have a a backlog, you'd find that in terms of your application being attended to, it might take a bit longer. And in some cases, when you actually start uh, looking at the financial status of the person, you'd find that they were actually not adhering to the rules and regulations that govern us all uh, us as citizens. This would be like your SARS uh, laws. And you, uh, you, uh, you'd find that family members are now saying that this person has been paying, but then first is simply saying that they haven't actually been paying, and as a result, they, they owe X amount of money. And you find that the beneficiaries are not actually going to benefit anything out of the will. So those are just some of the dynamics that we actually are finding uh, uh, that are, play, are at play as estate executors or uh, administrators of uh, estates. So one of the things uh, that we said at the introduction is that, you know, somebody has to have a will or clear instructions, right, as to what, what you know, what should happen after they pass. How are those, uh, you know, clear instructions recorded? When we say clear instructions, what do we mean? Do we mean, Okay, uh, that can also, that is very much, um, okay, let me just try to say clear instructions would be clear, simple, and understandable instructions. Okay. In some cases, wills tend to be fake if then they were structured by somebody or drafted by someone who actually does not understand the legality of it. Because you need to remember that a will is simply an instruction that has to be uh, passed on to the executor to simply fulfill your wishes. If you are simply saying that you need your 20 rent to be passed to X, but then also X passes away and there is no instruction to simply say that in the event that X passes away, what do we then do? Mm, mm. So you, you, you need somebody who's actually going to walk you through the whole process to simply say that, Yes, you might you might want to pass it on to your child, but what happens in the event that you were to pass on, and subsequent to that your child passes away, yeah, and they did not have a child, what then do we do within your estate? Yeah, do we then try to look at it from a point of saying uh, we now have to look at it from a point of saying do you still have parents available or still alive? And then in that event, we need to now go back to the family tree and try to see who's actually going to be eligible to actually um, uh, benefit from it. Okay. What what actually happens in the event that you and your parents were not getting along, mm-hmm. but and you didn't want them to actually benefit, but you didn't actually state it in your will? So those are just some of the clear instructions that need to be uh, stipulated in the will, just so that the administrator is, uh, understanding is of the view that they can actually fulfill your wishes. Yeah. And, and sometimes when you are married, it also becomes a problem because you may find that you are married to someone mm-hmm. um, in a white wedding process, but then at home you still have another wife whom you are married customary. Oy. And 
when you pass away, the family knows the wife at home as your legal wife, and then now the law recognizes your wife that you signed with as also your wife. Then you find that there is not a valid will in that regard. How do we therefore go around fulfilling those uh, um, mandates just so that your wishes are adhered to? So those are just some of the pointers that our listeners need to keep in mind uh, when we talk about clear and uh, concise uh, a will that actually has to be drafted. So when we talk about updating a will, uh, what, what, what do we mean? Do you constantly have to go back to your will to say, you know, it, it's five years since I did it and, and what, what I said in it still stands? Or, you know, why does it need to be updated? It needs to be updated because your state, your situation changes constantly. Uh, let me just give you a, a practical example that uh, we had to deal with. We had a client who actually passed away. She, uh, it was a woman. She was pregnant. She, unfortunately, she passed away after giving birth. But her will did not stipulate that the newborn also need to benefit from the, mm. uh, from the estate. So those are just some of the practical examples that you need to uh, look into. Then the other one would be a situation where, let's say you have assets have actually grown or the family dynamics have actually changed. You need to constantly update those just so that they get to be captured and then the people who are actually going to administer your estate actually know what your wishes were. Yeah. You said something interesting about how, uh, for example, if if uh, you're a child and you, you want it succinctly made clear in your will that you didn't like your parents and you don't want them to, to benefit from you, you have to, uh, you know, make that clear in the will. But let's talk about the issue of contestation. If you've updated the will and did everything that you needed to do before you passed, what would make people contest the will? It would simply be uh, because the outcome of the will are not is not satisfactory to their to to their to their wishes, and you would also find this mostly to people who actually leave everything to, let's say, an NGO or a charity, where the family members are simply saying that no, we need to contest this because then uh, we are not benefiting anything. But unfortunately, the law states that the, if the will is, uh, is valid. It needs to be adhered to. But when the legal action takes place, people who are actually administering the will actually are going to be affected mm. because we also need to respect the outcome of what then the courts are simply saying insofar as the merits uh, are concerned. Yeah. We have a voice note question uh, for you, Lionel. Let's hear what they have to say. Hi. Good day. Good day, ma'am. Look, for me, the world thing is something that I always wanted, but... The person that I work with at APSA, APSA Financial Planning or whatever he was, he keep on insisting that I should have assets. Now, I don't have assets. All I have is I've worked for a company for 24 years now, and then I have certain investments that I've made uh, in terms of its retirement and my my uh, pension and and etc that is all i don't have assets i don't have a car i don't have a house but based on that is it true that i can't have a will cedric cedric peterson thank you 
Okay. Uh, on top of uh, Cedric's one, uh, Lionel, we also have another uh, WhatsApp question that says, what is the maximum percentage a lawyer or bank can charge for holding your will? So can you kindly respond to those two, please? Okay. Uh, insofar as the last question pertaining to the charges, it would be 3.5 insofar as the overall value of the estate. 3.5%. So, 3.5 percent yes and once the money what normally happens in the administration process is that we actually inform the banks we collect whatever is in your account then we put that into an investment account once everything is in an investment account there's going to be another percentage that a lawyer would be entitled to insofar as the accrual interest on that and that would be uh, roughly six percent but i tend to be corrected in that regard Then let's now go back to the first question insofar as simply saying that he does not have assets. Uh, in my understanding, he does have assets in terms of his investments. Investments are an asset. He can actually stipulate, uh, can have a will where he instructs who actually benefits from those uh, um, from those policies. And in so far as the administration process thereof is concerned, it's actually not going to even take longer because the whole process is just simply to record and then actually inform the masters uh, of the high court to simply say that this is uh, X and amount of money that was actually in the name of so-and-so, and these are the beneficiaries, and the beneficiaries have actually been uh, uh, given the uh, their portion of inheritance. Okay. Lionel... Uh, Lionel, we've run out of time, but where can people find find the Financial Wise Corner? Uh, They can actually touch base with us on 065-693-1291 or FWC, which stands for Financial Wise Corner, egavas at gmail.com. Egavas is an E-G-A-V-A-S at gmail.com. Fantastic. Thank you for your time, Lionel. Lionel Makokotlela, founder at Financial Wise Connect. It's 11.01. News time. Normally, Zubandela is standing by.